0: Even the best therapy in the world will never work if it only focuses on conflict and fails to focus on building friendship and positive affect systems. In today's episode, we're going to talk about a fundamental skill in building strong friendships. Did you know the average couple waits six years to get help in their marriage?
1: Yeah, that's six years of pain, and frustration.
0: Hi there, I'm Charlotte Snow.
1: And I'm Robert Snow.
0: And welcome to Master Your Marriage,
1: where we believe that having an amazing marriage should never feel like hard work and shouldn't be a guessing game.
0: This is the show for married couples who want to discover a scientifically proven approach to building a masterful marriage and have fun while doing it.
1: So if that's you, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of Master Your Marriage. I'm Robert Snow,
0: and I am Charlotte Snow, and today we're going to be diving into a topic that is crucial for building strong and lasting relationships, and it's the basis of having a strong friendship.
1: And friendship is so important. People mistakenly assume that once you've dealt with the problem that it's business as usual and everything's fine. You can just go back to normal. But unfortunately, you need to continue to work and create positive feelings to fill the space where that negativity once resided.
0: Because once you have managed the problems in your relationship, you have a void. And you have to decide what you want to fill that void with. And you have to deliberately add positive affect systems that promote friendship and intimacy. So things like sex Mm -hmm. and cuddling and romance and dates and fun and adventure.
1: Yeah, Those things are hard to do when you're sort of stuck in this negativity cycle.
0: And a big part of maintaining strong friendships is something we call love maps.
1: Oh, love maps.
0: So, Robert, why don't you start us off by talking about what love maps are exactly? So,
1: Great question. In the book, Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work, relationship expert John Gottman describes love map as that part of your brain where you store relevant information about your partner's life. It's all about having a detailed understanding of your partner's thoughts, their feelings, their preferences, dreams, and fears.
0: Absolutely. Building love maps means taking a genuine interest in your partner and making mental space to be able to store information about their world. It's about knowing the major events in each other's lives and continuously updating your knowledge as your partner grows and changes, which we all do.
1: Yeah, so why why love maps matter right so according to Gottman couples who actively keep up on one another's lives are better equipped to navigate major life changes stressful events and conflict so let's take example the birth of your first child which is a time that can be challenging for any marriage
0: Oof, yeah that transition into parenthood can be and is very difficult for most couples yeah And as we look back, and we've talked about this, I mean, we did, we really struggled with that transition ourselves.
1: Yeah. And I think it's because we didn't know how to stay couple focused. We didn't know how to have the conversation about roles, our roles and responsibilities.
0: No, we didn't.
1: We just sort of assumed that we loved each other enough and that we just would know what to do and that that love would just carry us through. But we didn't understand how much our values and dreams would have to change we bring this little baby into our lives and there was that time when you almost left
0: oh yeah okay yeah, so it's a tough one we're going to share this story this is a tough story that we debated sharing um so we'd been married for all almost, four almost four years when our first son was born and he was about maybe a month old and for the year leading up to this point, we were already kind of slipping. You know, we were, everything was all about me and the pregnancy and getting the house ready and painting the nursery. Yeah, and Doing all that stuff, right? And we were already at that point sort of letting our friendship slip a little bit and not doing these, you know, filling this void with these positive affect systems that we talked about. And and
1: it, it's easy to do when you're sort of tackling this new challenge in your life, right? It's about the baby and, and oftentimes as we've discussed Mm -hmm. before, sometimes we can get just focused on the children and let the marriage or the relationship, that friendship sort of slide. Become
0: complacent. Yeah. And we didn't realize that we were even doing it. In hindsight, after he was born, uh, as I look back at that time, I probably had some undiagnosed postpartum. I I didn't realize it at the time.
1: Yeah, probably. I,
0: I probably had some depression and I was extremely fragile. I know that for sure. And I was scared because I was a new mom and I was feeling lonely because you, you know, would leave for work. And I was, I had this new baby that I didn't really know how to take care of. And so my mom said, well, I'll come up and help you guys out. And so she came up to help with the baby. And as it turned out, it kind of made the situation worse for us. Yeah,
1: and probably not better.
0: It wasn't better. Helpful at least
1: though with the baby.
0: Helpful with the baby, but yeah. not better in terms of our relationship. Because while she was there, she started doing a lot of criticizing of Robert behind his back. And coming to me with her her criticisms and, uh, you know, all the ways that Robert was failing at a, as, a, as a husband and as a father and, you know, and really kind of shifting my perspective to more of a negative perspective as I was listening to her. And, and all of those things weren't even true.
1: probably know? why I just threw myself into work, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't have much choice.
0: Yeah. And it wasn't true. You know, the things that she was pointing out, they were, they were based on her perspective and a lot of her perspective would have been clouded through her filters of her own relationship failures and and so you know i mean i'm not saying it's okay that she did that it was 100 percent wrong for for yeah. her to do that especially at a time when we were really struggling to figure things out and it gutted me it destroyed me and i was not prepared already for how difficult that transition into parenthood was going to be and that just made it even harder and you know and i think young couples just don't realize how important it is going into having children, how important it is to have a strategy for this major life-altering change that ends up happening.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that you don't, I, th- I think you don't think about it. You don't, when think especially when
0: you're as young as we
1: were. Yeah, we were just babies. Uh-huh. So that was probably our lowest point in our 31-year marriage. And. You know, we both just, our coping mechanism was, you know, as most people would, we just put our energy into, like, work and responsibilities and, and raising this little baby, which was, yeah. you know, awesome. And it uh, was. But what we really needed to do was strengthen our relationship first, which honestly is the foundation for everything else. Right. I wish we had the tools that we're going to discuss later. I wish we knew more about Love Maps and mm-hmm. and had those these tools in our relationship then. Much like the building of a house, if the foundation of your home and your marriage is cracking and crumbling, it, things will just start to fall apart. You know? In a house with a bad foundation, you get drywall cracks and the windows crack and the walls fall down. And, and in your relationship that's kind of crumbling on its foundation, you just sort of spend time patching the drywall and not mm-hmm. time totally. fixing and shoring up the foundation of that relationship.
0: And that's what we were doing at that particular time. Yeah. We were trying to figure out how to be parents and still love each other as I felt like we were just going around and patching drywall cracks. Just fix this one problem. Instead yeah. of fixing the foundation, which was us. Yeah. And, and really, you know, our situation is not all that unique. I mean, we're not alone. The vast majority of couples struggle with that transition into parenthood. There was a study that came out in the Journal of Family Psychology and Another it found study. that yeah. in 67% of couples parenthood coincided with a significant drop in marital satisfaction. That was us. But here's the interesting part. That means that the remaining 33% of couples, guess what? In their relationships, marital satisfaction either improved or at least remained stable. Yeah. Like what made that difference? And as always, we learn so much by modeling its success and looking at the masters. What was different about this 33%? Yeah,
1: I wish we were in the 33, 33% back for then. sure. Yeah, back yeah. then. Well, satisfied couples showed in this study a greater awareness for their partners, their partners' lives as compared to dissatisfied couples. Mm-hmm. The satisfied couples had built really strong love maps and this deep understanding of one another acted as a cohesive glue for their marriage during this challenging transition into parenthood
0: I absolutely love that i love that cohesive glue because that's exactly what it it is that's yeah. what it does Brings to it have together love maps yeah. uh-huh yeah the experience of becoming parents can be so totally profound on your entire identity and and your values within your relationship gets all shuffled but when you have a solid love map, you can go through this transition together without losing sight of each other or without losing sight of, of your marriage. And and honestly, it's just so empowering to to even just know what to be able to do to prevent unhappiness, don't you think?
1: Yeah, instead of just putting your head down and, and grinding through it, which is really what we were doing at that time.
0: And for me, I know that time was just really distressing. I remember thinking to myself, you know, maybe there's something wrong with me because you know, I have this great husband and this new baby and I should be really happy. Why am I not happier? And, you know, when you don't understand why and you don't have a strategy or know what it is you need to do, it becomes really disheartening.
1: Yeah. And it's not just parenthood that can place a strain on your relationship. We're going to share one more story later, but job changes, moving your house, illnesses, retirement, or even just the passage of time, can have the same effect. It can either create distance and disconnection or you can choose to let it create closeness and unity depending on your reaction to it. Mm-hmm. The key is the more you know and understand about each other, the easier it is to stay connected during the twists and turn that life throws at you.
0: Mm, so true. Now let's talk about some of the signs that you might need to work on your love maps. Yep. Okay, Dr. Gottman has seen many couples fall into problematic habit of neglecting their love maps. And to illustrate this in his book, he shares a story about Rory and Lisa, who are a couple experiencing some serious relationship.
1: So in this story, yeah, Rory was a workaholic pediatrician who spent most nights at the hospital. He didn't get to know his children or his children's friends' names or even the name of the family dog. I think that's strange. Lisa, (laughs) his wife, felt emotionally disconnected from Rory, well, because he was never there. Right. And she was worried that their marriage was no longer important to him. And I will tell you that we've had friends in these very same situations. And clients. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and clients.
0: And now while Rory and Lisa's situation might seem extreme, this dynamic plays out in so many relationships in different ways, some less dramatic ways, every single day. Couples slip into a pattern of inattention to details of their spouse's life. They get caught up in other priorities and they don't leave space in their minds for keeping up with each other's worlds.
1: Yeah. And that and that's really really the the, kind of the crux of the issue is we need to just keep spending time just digging in and learning more about your best friend and the one you chose. Um, Their
0: their likes, their dislikes.
1: And sometimes we only end up with a superficial like feeling that we don't really know what your joys and sorrows are for example you might know that your husband likes a certain kind of music but you have no idea Mm -hmm. which musicians inspire him the most or your wife maybe she has some new friends but you have no idea what they do um, or what their names are and you vaguely know that your partner maybe is dealing with some work stress but you haven't even asked what's been going on
0: exactly so what do healthy love maps actually look like yes what do they look like? Well, emotionally intelligent couples are intimately familiar with each other's worlds. Love that term. They understand that life changes everyone. And this is this is a really important thing to remember. Life and our the challenges we go through in life, it changes all of us. Just because you felt like you knew your partner last year doesn't mean they're the same person today. Absolutely
1: not. Our goals and dreams change.
0: And that's why it's so important to take the time to check in with one another periodically. And doing this leads to deeper mutual understanding. And, of course, then it increases friendship.
1: I mean, just as an aside, haven't you ever heard people say, like, he doesn't even know who I am anymore?
0: Right. And everyone wants to feel known. They want to feel heard. They want to feel seen and, like, really known.
1: Yeah. And who better to know you? Mm -hmm. Well, therapist and writer Zach Brittle puts it this way. When you choose to spend your life with someone you hand them a map of your inner world, right? but that map is just a pencil sketch. The task for couples is to intentionally add details, add color to this map by asking questions and telling stories. I love this metaphor of a pencil sketch because the two of you, the two of you together get to spend time filling in one another's love maps.
0: Yes, absolutely. And it's all about gaining clarity on each other and the journey through life that you're taking together. A really well-built love map means that you can surprise your partner with their favorite food or that you know their career goals and you understand how their past experiences shapes their lives and shapes their relationships with their family. It's about having a deep knowledge of your partner's innermost longings, their beliefs, their fears.
1: It helps you give grace and it helps you show empathy Mm -hmm. when needed instead of just being frustrated at that certain thing that they do or what the reason for it.
0: Yeah, so true.
1: And this isn't done in one day or two. Understanding each other is, is a lifelong process. Yes, like You have to keep this thing updated, this love map, week by week, day by day, sometimes year by year. And this is one of the primary reasons that Cheryl and I now make a dedicated time for our annual retreat. And you've heard this on past episodes. Updating our love maps is just one of the things we do during that event.
0: Yeah. And it's on our date nights. We're doing the same thing. It's on our vacations when we're doing the same thing. Like we're always constantly updating our maps.
1: So let's talk about a few ways to build better love maps. So I imagine we need to start by regularly catching up in one another's lives.
0: Uh, That's right. So no matter how busy our lives get, okay, no matter how busy we get with work or with kids or with new babies or through life struggles, You know, we've had our fair share of hard teenagers. You know, we go through financial struggles. No matter what, though, all of these things that we go through, it's important to prioritize at least one weekly dinner where we sit down alone and just totally talk and connect and really listen. No matter what we're going through, we still continue to do that.
1: Yeah. And it's not just knowing about the outlines of each other's lives. As Godman says, it's about knowing each other's deepest longings, beliefs, and fears. Right to do this, the secret is asking good open-end questions, right? So superficial, closed-end questions are like, did you close the door? That's a yes or a no. But good open-ended questions are like, so how did you feel about that movie? What did it make you feel when you saw this one thing? Or what's the hardest thing you're going through at work at the moment? And these lead to deep conversations. And oftentimes we get uncomfortable when other people ask us these questions because They're really prying into our soul. We don't get to stay superficial. We have to go deep.
0: Yeah, and the quality of your relationships can really be shaped in part by the quality of questions that you ask. Absolutely. Because they have the potential to deepen our connection with one another. And love maps shouldn't just be broad. They should be also very deep. The goal is to listen and to learn about your partner.
1: And remember, it's important to keep returning to these love maps. Return and update. Update your knowledge about yourselves and each other. This is so, so important for many different reasons. Not only does it deepen your bond and increase your connection and intimacy, but it really provides a protective shield in your relationships during upheaval and stress.
0: Yeah, and so just to contrast with a different story, uh, to contrast with our earlier story at the four-year mark in our marriage About 25 years into our marriage, we went through another major life challenge with one of our children, and we won't go into a ton of detail about that today, but it was a time when I was personally at my lowest, like emotionally bankrupt, totally distraught, and like the earlier story we shared, I felt scared, I was terrified, I was exhausted, and like the other story, I also didn't know what to do, I didn't have a strategy for how I was going to face this difficult thing. And I didn't know if I even could. But there was one thing that was completely different between these two stories. Do you know what that difference was? Yeah,
1: that was our relationship.
0: Our relationship.
1: Was way different.
0: Us, we were different. Yep. And, you know, I decided at that moment that no matter what we had to do and no matter what we had to face, we were going to do it together. And there was this brief moment in time that I did feel like unconsciously, I sort of flashed back to that earlier stage in our marriage at the four-year mark, and a moment of doubt crept in. But then I remembered we're different now. Our relationship is different now. And no matter what we face, we do it together.
1: Absolutely. And that's been our motto for a really long time. There's nothing we can't face as long as we do it together. Right. And the big part of this change is that we're no longer superficial in knowing about one another's lives. We take Mm -hmm. time to update our love maps, add color, add details. We have deep conversations and we strive to know everything about one another and get to know each other's inner world. And in doing so, we have this love and this friendship that can handle the rough times when they come into your marriage because difficulties will come to your marriage. Mm
0: -hmm. Because we've been filling in that sketch and coloring in our sketch of each other's lives. And as Dr. Gottman reminds us, without a detailed love map, you can't really know your spouse. And if you don't really know someone, how can you truly love them?
1: Absolutely. And in true Charlotte creativity fashion, you've created a digital download to help people, help these couples figure out their love maps.
0: I have. Add some
1: color and add some detail to their maps.
0: Yes. And so this is available now on our website. It's at MasterYourMarriagePodcast.com forward slash love maps. And 52 weeks of open-ended questions that you can either ask one another on your date nights, or you can use these as journaling prompts and then share your journaling responses with one another. That's awesome. So we've created hundreds of questions that take your conversations from superficial and boring and closed-ended questions to deep and connecting open-ended questions. And these are questions that you can use over and over again to deepen your connection and do it again and again as life changes and as you change.
1: That's great for your weekly updates as well, right? Yes. We can also drop a link to that in the show notes below. Let's all commit to building and maintain love maps in our relationship by seeking to really know one another. And let's commit to making a lifelong journey of discovering what it is that is amazing about this person that we're connected
0: to. Mm. Awesome. Let's do that. And that brings us to the end of today's episode of Master Your Marriage. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found our discussion of love maps valuable. And if you did, be sure to scroll down, click on tap to rate and leave us five stars, plus a comment, if you would, on what you learned from today's episode because this helps us to share the episode with other couples who are currently struggling in their relationship and need this information.
1: And remember, tune in next week for more insights and tips on how to strengthen your relationship and marriage. Until then, take care of each other and be kind to each other. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Master Your Marriage. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, then we want to hear from you. Just go to MasterYourMarriagePodcast.com and send us your question.
0: Oh, and while you're there, you can also check out our retreats and events and even apply for coaching.
1: And make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you get advanced notice of when the next episode drops, plus show notes and many extras. Thanks again for tuning in.